Thank you. Thank you so much, please. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and the distinct honor of presenting to you the Brian Goodman Show. Thank you. Super. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> you know, please make yourself at home while listening to tonight's show. As, as you know, there's there's no dress code or secret handshake that gives you access to sharing the next couple hours with us. We remain 100% free of charge with no strings attached. So take off the tie or binding underwear, kick off the wingtips or high heels, and prepare yourself for something that will pleasantly kill some time in your life. Yeah, yeah, maybe that is a very low bar, but it's my show, and I can set that bar wherever I wish. All right? I should acknowledge uh, our designated laugher right now, Gina. <laughs> Good to have you with us tonight. <laughs> Stay on your toes, though, because I might I might need you if I'm a little bit off on my game, you know, like a, with a big, big, big belly laugh occasionally. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right, and also with us is our temporary permanent co-host, Joel Holcomb. Hello, Spud, and hello to all of our listeners, especially those in Germany and throughout the European Union, we salute you. Hey, do you think our listeners in other countries uh, hate us now because of Donald Trump? I, I mean, I hope not, but if I lived somewhere else and I thought he was like all Americans, then I too would like really cheer against us in the World Cup, ice skating competitions, and those international spelling bees? Uh, I, I think people around the world are sophisticated enough to realize one skunk like Trump does not make everyone here a threat to stink up the place. They are not our friend. I, I may be a conservative, Spud, but this guy is farther to the right than Genghis Khan on immigration. If you need to Google who that is, I'll give you the basics. He was a very uh, bad hey, person. I, I know who Genghis Khan was. He was All like right. a kick-ass Viking, right? Uh, I think I saw him on the History Channel. No, 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 no. He he was a 14th century emperor of the Mongol Empire. Mongol? Uh, he, Mongol. Okay. He was very aggressive, and he made life down. miserable for everyone he encountered. Yep, sounds like Trump then. Well, Absolutely. So, so, but Spud, on another topic, I was thinking last night on how we could increase uh -oh. our profile with the show. Yeah, I mean, sure, we do have some listeners in most places around the world, but not really enough to brag about, you know. So it's clear we need to do something. I can bold. still brag regardless. Well, 
you want to brag bigger than that, though. And and we need to do something that's going to get the attention of the movers and shakers. You know, the people who create and develop the technical innovations. Hell will freeze over. Cultural presentations and medical breakthroughs that keep propelling the human community forward. Do you get oh, what I'm God. saying here? Well, no, not really. Because well, I'm... I'm still trying to Google that Genghis Khan dude on my phone right now. Oh. Um, you know, multitasking is not my strength. I know. Maybe you should bring this up in a staff meeting and not bore people any more than is necessary. Well, I think sharing this with our listeners is a great marketing tool. They can be with us in, in this endeavor if you're willing to give it a shot. Give what a shot? <laughs> Spud, please don't take offense to this, but I feel you are somewhat lacking in the area of... Uh, well, let's call it substance. You know, substance? The, the body of work in your career does not generate a great deal of respect um. from those in positions of power. Uh, the in individuals who determine who is worthy of full-page spreads in magazines and journals, who deserves what? to be included in that inner circle of newsmakers, it's clear you and your career need a boost, uh, an injection of energy, and I think I may have stumbled okay. onto just the vehicle it, to provide if, it If this for has you. anything to do with me doing some kind of death-defying publicity stunt, count no, me no. out. I'm afraid of heights, I can't swim worth crap, yeah. and I can only hold my breath for like four or five seconds. If, if you guys are talking about me ripping off that Houdini's act, doing something outrageous, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Your personal safety will not be endangered with this. It will call for you to put in a great deal of thought and time into this, though, as expectations are very high if you're invited to participate. That sounds like way too much work. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't even get where you're coming from Spud, on this. Spud, have you heard about TED Talks? It's a highly no. prestigious presentation by the best and brightest from the world of research, <laughs> science, culture. Uh, people who are invited to speak generally do a maximum of like 18 minutes on stage and minutes. before cameras. Now, your speech could be later seen by millions or even, even billions as TED Talks are shared all around the world. So people might finally show me some respect if I did this? Yes. Well, that would be cool. I, I, I won't lie. You know, it's never happened before. So hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'm serious. But right now, it's time for some, you know, some music. I need to introduce a band that played on our cable TV show in Seattle a few times. Uh, and they're still going strong, I should add. Here are the Young Fresh Fellows. They didn't play this song on our show. It's off their 2012 record, Tiempo de Lujo, and it's titled Another Ten Reasons. Hit it.
Like a highway wreck on the cold black floor of a dying discotheque Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is CrispinGlover.com, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you. Hey, uh, Spud, your yeah. first guest, Ed Bagley Jr., is ready to go on the phone. Okay, you know, I know this guy's, like, more dedicated and more knowledgeable about the environment than anyone we've ever had on this show. Yeah. I have to say, I'm a little intimidated right now. Uh, I understand, as your background is not exactly well-versed in the environmental sciences. Yeah, you think? Um, well, just don't go telling our you know, our listeners that we're going to now start talking about stuff that they might find boring. Well, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that Ed Bagley Jr. is a dedicated environmentalist, and I hope you're prepared to conduct an interview that displays at least a minor understanding of the subject matter. Hey, you're a Republican. You guys don't buy global warming because it's <laughs> well, snowing somewhere in the world right now. Well, I, I'd rather not discuss that topic on the air right now as my wife is listening tonight. Hey, honey. You know, I always knew you were a follower and not a leader. What, you're afraid your wife is going to strip you of your committee chairmanship at home if you utter, you know, the word, the, the truth, that some weird crap is going on all over the world these days? I mean, how can conservatives deny it? Just uh, because Obama said it? Uh, Spud, listen, Ed Begley is still waiting on the line. Yeah, what, we okay, don't want to keep... Uh, yeah, all fine. Right. Just put him on, all right? All right, here's Ed. All right, please welcome actor and environmentalist Ed Begley Jr. to the show. How you doing tonight? Great, Spud. It's uh, it's wonderful where I am in Southern California. Yeah, I bet it is. That's another topic. We'll die. I, I get a little torqued when you uh, have basically uh, uh, you know heaven basically on Earth twenty four seven. You got the nice weather, but anyway. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Ed, you are unquestionably the greenest actor in Hollywood, or, or probably on the planet. Uh, to those listeners out there who say climate crisis, what climate crisis? Uh, my life is pretty darn good right now. Why should we change our lifestyle because a few smart people say so? How do you respond? Well, I would refer those people who are skeptical about climate change to the NASA website, to the NOAA website, uh, uh, to National Geographic, someone in the scientific realm whose opinion that they trust. Right. And uh, I think they'll get some good science there. Well, and the other thing that people say about it is that so far, so good. It's like the man has jumped off a 14-story building after falling only 13 floors. You go, wow, so far, so good. I think there's going to be real problems, and they'll they'll be happening very soon. Well, with those, you know, the recent climate accords signed off on uh, by all major industrialized nations in Paris, do you do you feel an agreement with no enforcement mechanism is actually of any value at all? Well, you have to live in the real world. Uh, if you if you want to have enforcement, you'd have to have a very different Senate. The Senate won't sign on to those rules. They made that very clear, and and so. Uh, you know, there's no way that Obama can can say yes to a binding a binding accord because the Senate 
will not vote in favor of that. So you have to do what you can do. And this is not a ceiling, it's a floor. It's a great start to begin to do things. And uh, China needs to do something. India needs to do something. We need to do something in the developed world. And uh, the developing countries are now on board as well, which is very good news. Right. Well, you know, the conservatives of this country make considerable fun of entertainment personalities who push environmentalism. They often point to the carbon footprint of stars that often match some third world countries. You, on the other hand, though, you know, walk the talk. Does, does it piss you off when all, you know, all the good works you do that sometimes is diminished by the right one to start in L.A. charters a, a 747 flight to go to Santa Barbara for lunch? <laughs> That's quite excessive. Uh, that would certainly catch anybody's attention. But I... I try not to judge my friends in entertainment or any field by the, you know, the cars that they drive or the homes they live in. People need to do something, whatever position they are in the world. Everybody needs to do something. And I've had a lot more success urging people to do more rather than to just criticize and uh, cast negative, cast a negative light on what they do. You know, I, you know, I've had a very good run here since 1970 of doing this stuff that also saved me a lot of money right. so I urge people to do that you know I the people that are naysayers about it said well why don't you just insulate your home and get energy saving an energy saving thermostat and weather stripping and that stuff that's cheap energy saving lighting and you're going to have lower bills every month and they try it and of course it, it always works and so then they do more and they do more you know you can get a lot more with a teaspoon of encouragement than a whole tanker truck of criticism if I may interrupt here, Spud, did you hear what... No, you may not interrupt me. Uh, excuse me, Ed, for just one second. Okay. But of course you already have interrupted. Can I ask why? Well, I hope you heard what Ed just said. His emphasis on refraining from criticizing other individuals in the entertainment industry for their shortcomings. But I'm a talk show host. I have to talk about stuff. If I couldn't rip someone for doing something stupid, I would have no show. But are you making the world a better place? I don't know. Okay, maybe some celebrities do occasionally display inappropriate or excessive behavior in their lifestyles. But, for instance, when you went after Shia LaBeouf after he got arrested at that Walgreens for being drunk and disorderly, well... Like Ed said, you can change people's behavior a lot more effectively when you use a more positive, less judgmental approach. Well, what would be the positive approach with Shia acting like a jerk to the guy at the counter at Walgreens? You know, if I'm waiting in line to buy more Rogaine, I don't want to see that. You know, when famous people think they can do whatever they want, someone must speak up. But, but just think about how much more effective it would be to maybe suggest to Shia that he patronize CVS next time, as possibly their sales staff might be a little more tolerant. Uh, I'm just suggesting this route rather than resorting to ridiculing him on your radio show. Man, if I did that, I would basically have a radio show full of dead air. So just keep your opinions to yourself, and please let me get back to the interview with Ed. Thanks, Buzz. All right, but just think about it. Yeah. Okay, and I'm back. Sorry about that. I'm back and uh, ready to talk. What the hell? Here we go. Well, I know for a fact you are the only actor who has ever used his bicycle to go to the Academy Awards ceremonies because you're, you're a member of the Board of Governors of the Academy. Did, did any of them give you any crap when you got there? Like maybe lame jokes like, did you put any playing cards in your spokes for the comforting sound effects, you know, and stuff? Were they cool about it? They were very cool about it. People were uh, interested in you know, that mode of transportation. The year before that, I came on the subway. So I always have some new and interesting green way of getting the Oscars for years, for many years. 
I've uh, taken an electric car to the off to the Oscars, and so then I kind of upped the ante and took the subway a couple years ago. And last Oscar ceremony, I rode my bike, and uh, and uh, you know it's uh, it's something that people understand and they're they they approve of. So I'll keep doing it. All right, super. Well, you know, our national parks are beginning to ban plastic water bottles being sold within the parks. Do you see this as a doable, you know, given our current habits of consuming water on the go? Will people die of dehydration with no access to water? Jeez, it sounds it could be serious. Uh, there was something that we had when I was a child, and apparently they still have them today. They're called water fountains. Water fountains. And you go to a water right. fountain, and you get a drink. Water fountain. And you have a, you have a metal water bottle, which I have right here. You can hear me thumping my little metal water bottle. Yeah. And I, I fill that up. They have things called hydration stations where it's very easy to fill it, that the bottle sits underneath it. If not, you can certainly fill it at one of those old-fashioned water fountains. And water fountains. Uh, you're fully hydrated for your hike. And you, uh, you, know, you, can, uh, you can do it very cheaply, too. It's a, lot, it's a lot less money than bottled water. Bottled water is more expensive than gasoline. Again, it comes back to money. So that will this will not lead to millions of deaths then in our park system. That's that's good to know then. All right, super. All right. Exactly right. Okay. Well, I was thinking the other day though. Check this out. A neat way to deal with all the empty plastic water bottles piling up around the world. Now I'm no Ron Popeil, you know the dude who sells all those gadgets invented by people on TV. But how about making edible bottles in flavors like cookie cream, peanut butter, maybe butterscotch? I mean, they made candy cigarettes, right? And they taste pretty good. Why not plastic bottles? You could eat them. Well, they have had these corn polymers that supposedly break down because there's some plant-based material. But keep in mind the word polymer is still in there. So eventually, if they do break down some of these corn polymers, uh, you know, and other, you know, supposedly green plastics, then you have this plastic dust that's everywhere that's not good for you. So the best thing is to just have a more permanent bottle of glass or a, um, you know, a metal water bottle. They have glass ones now that are have this you know, rubberized coating on the outside of it that lasts, you know, many, many decades. And so you have the, the comfort of a glass bottle and the, the taste that goes with it, which is no taste at all. And then you have the safety of this, uh, this you know, kind of rubber gasket that fits around it so it doesn't break if you drop it. All right, super. So I guess the edible bottle thing isn't going to work. I just thought I'd throw it out there. All right. Well, you know, on tonight's show, my co-host has suggested I get into this TED Talk thing. He says all the smart people give it a shot, and it can do wonders for your career. I I'm thinking about it, but I, I don't know what I would actually talk about for 18 minutes. Have you ever done a TED Talk? Because you seem like the perfect person for this gig. I did a TEDx, which is kind of a, another version of a TED Talk, a subset of TED, uh, talking about... Uh, uh, plastic pollution with the gyres of plastic that are out there from all the water bottles and plastic bags and what have you and the fish and the marine mammals and the birds that eat it thinking it's food so yeah i did a tedx talk right. and uh that went very well and uh, but i love the ted talks i've seen many of them and really really like them well, I'm gonna try and wrote that down. I'm gonna give it a give it some thought. Uh, all right, well, let's let's touch on the Star Wars deal. It's still going strong uh, as I speak. Now, you played Boba Fett in the NPR radio adaptation of Return to the Jedi. Was it tough getting into character to play a badass? It was. Uh, it was very easy. They have all the stage direction there, and you're only recording the sound, so you can come in shorts and flip flops and get into character very quickly with a good director. They they uh, they know how to instruct radio actors and I've done a bit of radio and voiceover work and my dad was a big radio star so right. I guess I learned a few things from my dad. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, we had Jeremy Bullock on the show, and he seemed like such a mellow, well-mannered guy, too. I, I guess that's why they call it acting, right? You can you can just uh, be somebody else. Yeah. Anyway. That's right. You can turn it on and turn it off. All right. Well, I cannot let you go without asking your take on the current political circuits now playing out before our eyes in this country. Um, your take? You know, it's fascinating that we live in a country where some of the big candidates, you know, specifically people like Trump would have such a following. Yes. You know, preaching some some ideas that I think are quite negative. It wouldn't serve us well. And uh, there's some things that I have some knowledge about that I happen to know he's quite wrong about. He's getting his facts wrong in some key instances. So uh, it's a democracy and people vote who they're going to vote for. But it's amazing to me that he has such a following. Yeah, I guess that's, yes. Uh, it's a phenomenon. Uh, you know, I keep waiting for the movie to be over, but it continues to play, you know, day after day. But, yeah, all right. Well, Ed, uh, my final question is, what has been your most memorable moment as an actor to this point in your career? I suppose it's Best in Show. It's Chris Guest's movie, Best in Show. It's one of the oh, favorite yeah. movies I've ever been in. Oh, yeah. I've been in a few other good movies like The In-Laws and Spinal Tap and mighty win but best in show is a, a favorite film of mine so i really enjoy that and then but to be quite clear though the movie wasn't you know a huge box office hit or got any critical acclaim the experience of working with the great meryl streep is the high point of my life she is a, a goddess in every way so that was pretty great working with meryl streep on she devil well, you worked in in three of Christopher Guest's films, and you know he he his model that he, you know the I don't know if you want to term a mockumentary or whatever. I mean, but he he's kind of, he's the best at that. Um, did he allow you freedom to uh, to to you know to to improv or whatever? Was there a hard working script? There's a 25 page outline for any of his movies, and then from there you improv the dialogue, the lines. And so Chris is a great director, too. After you do the first take, he says, that thing you started with, use that at the end. And the thing in the middle, move that up front. And then do less of that and speed that up and slow that down. And uh, he's a great director, and he hires good people who know what they're doing. Uh, and uh, it turns out to be a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just love his work. So, all right. All right, I know you got to go. you got stuff to do. So uh, I would like to thank you uh, for calling in tonight to our show. I very much enjoyed the conversation. Me too, Spud. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, Mr. Ed Begley, Jr. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show. Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show, a very talented band, Shotgun Kitchen. Yeah, it looks like everyone's accounted for, so no one's been kicked out or arrested since the last time you guys were on, right? Hey, Spud, that's right. Well, um, please identify yourselves. Uh, there's, there's a few people in here and your instrument of choice. So I'm Joe. I'm on the guitar and vocal. I'm Jessica, vocals. I'm Kristen, vocals. Uh, I'm John. I beat a wooden box. <laughs> uh, I'm Kenneth on banjo. Ashley on washboard. Ricky on bass. All right. God, you're almost a uh, starting football team here. All right, super. Um, so uh, let me ask you this off the record. Who, who uh, again, is the messiest person backstage, the one who leaves a trail of crap behind him, sort of like the pig pen of shotgun? Is there anybody? Ricky. Uh, Ricky. Ricky? Ricky? <laughs> All right. That's not going to go any further. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, 
So, okay, what what's the band's position on this possible Friends reunion show? Would it be like watching like Willie Mays pinch hit while he's in his 80s or Michael Caine doing a nude scene? I, I'm just curious. Well, you guys got a take on this thing? I never watched that show. No, I never right, heard about that. That's impressive. <laughs> was, that a, right. was that a show on What's TV? Yeah, it was. Actually, I, I, don't, I, I think they're just getting together to like honor the show's director, uh, James Burroughs. <laughs> so there's not going to be any Monica or Chandler updates. But, and I, I don't even who I, I googled Monica and Chandler. I, they're, they're actually people on the show, our characters, whatever. Anyway, so, if the, so uh, yeah, okay, I've seen the show. All right, fine. Uh, if, <laughs> if the band could create uh, the soundtrack for any movie director in Hollywood, who would Shotgun Kitchen most want to work with? Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Agreed. Is that unanimous? Everybody? Yeah. The whole crew? Yeah. Well, on the record. Dang, all right. <laughs> okay, well, I'm in the mood for some music. So what's the name of the first song? Uh, this is a tribute to the evangelical gun uh, culture called If Jesus Had a Gun. Okay, let's hear it. If Jesus had a gun, you can bet that there'd be one. Let's you nailed up on that hill. Instead of hanging from a cross, he'd show him who was boss. And you know some Roman club would spill. If someone slapped his cheek, he'd call him out into the street to teach the little freak a lesson. And as he blew him away, you would hear Jesus say, His Savior isn't sure about Smith and Wesson. And God's will would be done if Jesus had a gun. All the sinning soon would cease if Christ carried a peace. You do what he told you just because With one finger on the trigger He pointed to his bumper sticker That said guns don't kill people Jesus does And if the Prince of Peace were packing When that mob started attacking The good old apostle boys would shout Say an act of contrition And pass the ammunition Kill them all and let your death sort them out God's will would be done if Jesus had a gun. He'd send a warning to the Muslims and the Hindus and the Jews and the Catholics and the Mormons and the rest. You better learn to fear the one true God's only son Or start wearing a bulletproof vest And God's will would be done If Jesus had a gun And God's will would be done if Jesus, big bad Jesus, long tall Jesus, George W. Jesus had a gun.
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, Ted Marr, our psychic, is on the line and ready to go. You know, I was thinking last night about Ted. If I knew what he knew about ghosts, extraterrestrials, and all Mm -hmm. that other paranormal stuff, Mm -hmm. I'd be too scared to get out of bed. Well, you know, he seems to handle the burden of knowing so much about that stuff pretty darn well. Yeah. You know, when he spoke to Nostradamus on the show, I got chills. Hey. Hey, well, just do his plug right now, though. Let me talk to him. Oh, right, right. Ted Marr and his show, Out of This World, can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle. All right, all right. Just put him through. Oh, here he is. Please welcome our show's psychic, Mr. Ted Marr, in his Out of This World segment. How you doing tonight, Ted? <laughs> Fine. Fine, Spud. It's good to talk to you again. Right. So I was wondering if you could maybe contact Liberace for me. Ask him if he thought Michael Douglas did a decent job, you know, playing him in that HBO movie Behind the Candelabra from a couple years ago. I really liked it. It was kind of like a, a gay boogie nights without the violence and, or silicone. <laughs> well, let me meditate for a minute, uh, Spud. So, you know, contacting the spirits on the other side, it's a little bit like telephoning somebody. Um, sometimes they don't answer if they're busy, or sometimes they don't want to answer. Well, hopefully <laughs> but, he's home. But give me a... Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me meditate for a moment. Excuse me, Spud. But I didn't know you were a fan of Liberace. Yeah. You know, well, with all the rock bands you have on the show, I'm quite frankly surprised. Now, with so many important deceased people over the centuries, why would you ask Ted Marr to contact Liberace? Well, it was either him or B. Arthur. Y- you know she played Maude, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I like both of them a lot, and, and last night I was just wondering, what the hell Liberace was up to these days? So I thought I would hit Ted up to find out. Oh, he's laughing. He thinks you're hilarious. He came right through to me. Would you mind if I asked Ted how Michael Landon is doing right now? No. Listen, I was such a fan of Little House on the Prairie and, and of course, Bonanza. I said no. The rule is I can only ask Ted about one dead person each show. Sorry. What rule? Once again, Spud, I don't believe you, but... I'm going to drop the matter. Carry on. Yeah, good call. What was your question again? Well, it was something about a movie? That- did he think Michael Douglas did a decent job playing him in uh, that uh, Behind the Candelabra movie on HBO? He said great job. Great uh, job. He, he really enjoyed it. He, he really enjoyed it. All right. Yeah, and actually, wh- whether Michael Douglas knew it or not, he actually was helping him behind the scenes subtly um, uh, through his dream state to, to, to make sure that he played, it, played the part accurately uh, during, during the movie. All right. Does uh, can I ask if uh, Liberace still uh, playing uh, the piano and doing maybe some shows up wherever he's hanging out in these days? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll never guess who he's been been playing with as well. I mean, on this on the different on the on the different stages up there, but they share stages. And guess who he's been playing who? with? Who? 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 The Beatles. The Beatles. John Lennon. Beatles. Well, who's opening it for yeah. who? Is, are the Beatles opening it up for Liberace, or is he is he opening it up for them? <laughs> They're all part of the same. They're all part of the same musical act up there. It's it's really a. I'm, I'm seeing a theater now, beautiful angelic theater, and they're both on the same stage. He plays, then they play, and then they've got other people that come on too, depending on people's tastes. Oh, super! I wonder how much Including, it is. Uh, <laughs> they don't use money on the other side. Yeah. It's all free. <laughs> all right, that's for the record. Well, we've learned something here tonight. That's uh, that's pretty. That well, so we don't really need to bring any cash with us when when we kick the bucket. That's good to know. All right, maybe not even well, a card, not even a debit card or anything. That's wow. No, you can't. It's it's true what they say, Spud. You can't take it with you. All right, I guess we, we we got the answer on that one. All right, well, there you have it, Mr. <laughs> Ted Marr and his out of this world segment. Uh, Ted, uh, let's talk again. All right. Wonderful. I can't wait, Spud. Take care. Super. This is the Spud Goodman Show. I'm still not over my surprise. You know, Spud, while the band was playing, I gave some thought to what area of focus your TED Talk would be. I don't want to overstep my bounds here. I mean, if you already have an idea of what your area of focus would be, then I'll defer to your choice. Well, right now I have no clue on what to talk about for 18 minutes. That is a long time to have to speak to a room full of strangers. If I do this, I'm going to need you or someone off to the side feeding me lines if I get lost and lose my train of thought. Something that's been happening a lot lately. Americans love a winner. Well, you are getting over. Older and the brain's capacity no. to fire on all cylinders is often no. diminished as, as you... It's not because of me getting older, all right? Huh? I have trouble focusing on stuff that I find boring. And this sounds like I'll have trouble staying awake for like 18 minutes. But I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm betting that people are going to be using a lot of big words, right? Is that is that correct? Probably. You know, people yeah. who go to those, you know... People that go to fancy colleges and stuff, they like to throw out the words they paid a hell of a lot of money for, you know, so they could use them someday. <laughs> so I don't know. I, those are the words that I have to use Siri, you know, to get the definitions for. I, right. I don't feel comfortable with that kind of situation. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you, n- nobody can write your TED Talk for you. I suppose you could get some help in your presentation, but the content should be your own take on something, like a topic that excites you and allows a unique perspective that will enthrall the audience. Enthrall the audience? Yeah. Now, that is a bar that is way too high, man. H- how about if I shoot for not pissing off everyone? That is a reasonable goal. Not sure I can pull it off, but I'm going to give it a shot. I can well, do that. That would be an expectation for sure if you do this. But the last thing you would want to do is upset the people who go to these TED Talk events. As I said, they are very important people. That's so hot. They could change your career with one phone call. Yeah, I've never really hit it off with those types of people, though. And for some reason, they hate me. Well, okay, hate's maybe a bit of an overstatement. I'm sure they don't Uh, all... Believe me, believe me. I'm well aware of how you're perceived by the general public. Hate is really not an exaggeration, and that's why I'm suggesting this. It could reshape your public image, which is clearly in need of a makeover. Is it risky? Yes. I mean, if you totally bomb in your TED Talk, it could mean the end of any possibility of you ever making it out of what you describe as radio purgatory. So, what's the worst case scenario? I stay put where I am now and have no hope of ever being 
being a big time radio personality, man, I came to grips with that a long time ago. No big deal. All right, then. I, I'm going to contact the TED Talk people on your behalf tomorrow, and we'll see what paperwork you need to fill out. All right, sounds good. But right now, why don't you do your job and find out if my next guest is, guest is ready to go? Oh, uh, and yes, uh, the board is telling me your, your next guest, Bill Nye, is waiting to speak with all you. All right, because I have always liked this guy in all the movies he's been in. And a lot of time, he's the best thing in them. Well, yes, you know, the wife and I still watch Love Actually. It's a very entertaining film. Right. And, of course, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, uh-huh. uh, Pirate Radio, Total Recall. <laughs> he was also well, look, in... What are you now? Like a human IMDB app? I'm sure most people are familiar with Bill Nye's career. Well... I'm just trying to do my job as co-host, stepping up and filling in the listeners about information you may not provide. I provide plenty of information, all sorts of information, okay? Probably too much information at times. Like that interview recently I had with Kathy Griffin. You remember that. Yeah, yeah, that one was a little bit too frank. Well, if you need me while you're interviewing Bill, just let me know. I have Google ready to go on my phone in case you have any questions that you need answered. All right, but I doubt if I would ever call on you for assistance during an interview, so don't get your hopes up, but just just put Bill on, please. Yeah, I'm here to serve, Spud. That's all I'm saying. Here he is. Uh, welcome to the show, acclaimed film and stage actor William Francis Nye. Is it cool to just go with Bill? I wasn't sure because you hail from England, and from what I can pick up, you're really sophisticated. I mean, you were on Charlie Rose's show, for God's sakes. It's true, I have. I am on reasonable terms with Charlie Rose, but you can call me Bill. All right, I'm calling you Bill, then. All right, let's go with that. So I should Don't tell call you... me Billy. Don't call me Billy. All right, well, I won't... my mother will kill you. I won't do that. All right, I got that. Wrote that down. Um... So I got to tell you, this program's a little lower on the food chain in terms of smartness, but I don't think it'll do you any permanent damage to your IQ because it's probably so darn high you're going to be inoculated. So let's do it. Let's go. Let's, you just touch on your new movie coming out, Norm of the North, released by Lionsgate. It's a it's an animated story, right, of a polar bear who comes from the Arctic region and then somehow ends up in New York City. Uh, is that correct? I'm guessing. Absolutely. The, well, I'm guessing the Big Apple might be. That's a little, absolutely correct. I'm guessing the Big Apple might be a little colder nowadays in those places in the world where all the ice used to be? Well, apparently, recently, the North Pole was actually warmer than Chicago. Yeah. So uh, that's maybe that's a sign of the times. But yeah, Norm comes to New York to sort some business out. It's a very, uh, it's a groovy script, and I play Socrates, who is the bird, the sea, the Arctic seabird, who is the kind of he's supposed to be the brains behind the operation. And whenever Norm needs any advice, he goes to uh, Socrates. So that's my part in the whole affair. Yeah, I'm betting you're a really smart seagull, and well, maybe with a tad bit of attitude too. Is that accurate? Yep, that's entirely, I wear very cool glasses, not unlike the glasses I myself wear, and I have got attitude, and I am borderline academic, and I know some stuff, it's true. I bet you do. Uh, well, you know, about that uh, that ice thing, I was just going to say, we had Ed Begley Jr. earlier on the show tonight, and he said that climate change deal yeah. is real, and it's not some hoax, though, but I bet you already knew that, given how well-read you probably are. But you know what? I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but yes, I did know that. I did know that, and I've known that for some time. But I only knew that because guys cleverer than me uh, pointed it out some early times. But yeah, it seems to be the case. It's not just some hoax. All right. Uh, well, other cast members of Norm of the North are, are Rob Schneider, a guy who's been on our show a few times, Heather Graham, uh, Ken Jung. Uh, did you ever work together with the others, or did you go into the recording studio and basically work alone doing your lines? 
I worked alone doing my lines because everyone is in different countries and it's very rare on animations that you get to work with the other actors. Once I think that ever happened to me. And some people don't like that. They like to work with the other guys and it's fine. It, that's, that, obviously that works too. But I don't mind being in isolation. I quite like the, the challenge of it and the idea that you, you're also kind of free to do as you wish until such time as somebody tells you different. So, uh, no, I, I did it. It was a solo endeavor. All right, super. Well, well, Bill, as an English citizen, what's your take on the average American? Do we all seem like rude, illiterate goobers to most people in the UK and Europe? Nah, come on now. Come on. That's, what's the average American? There's no such thing any more than the average Englishman. And uh, there's no, uh, and, you know, there are no borders when it comes to intellect, humanity, or wit. All right, well, that, that's being very kind. Well, Jeremy Bullock, who lives outside of London, told me off the record a few months ago that we sort of do need, though, to work on our manners. I don't know if he meant table manners or the whole darn package. You know, I don't know, but, uh, you know, we got to brush up. We're not, we're not the most polished. I, mean, can I, I guess I could say that. Uh, yeah, anyway. Well, manners are kind of as important as anything else in the wide world. And it's when people run out of them that trouble starts. And I think they're a major skill. And I think people without them are at a serious disadvantage. Not not on behalf of the people around them, but just for themselves. Because it leaves us adrift and at sea. They are an expression of humanity. Wow, I like that. That was, that was, that was and deep. They're, and they're funky. And they're elegant and funky and sexy, too. Well, I take it you have American friends. Do they embarrass you when you go out in public with them? What is this myth, this anti-American myth that you have going? You are, I'm not going to say, the, 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 the answer I'm supposed to say is, you know, I know Americans that are as gracious as anyone else. Well, I do know Americans who are as gracious as anyone else. In fact, if anything, um, my, my, my contact with Americans has, you know, has, I've been, has been more courteous and well-mannered than arguably other places I've wow. been. Wow, that's cool. That's You're great famous. to hear. You're famous. When... You're famous for being well-mannered and gracious. You, you bring, you know, you bring up your kids right. I had no idea. That's very cool to hear. All right. Well, see. I you... think there are a couple of myths. There are a couple of myths at play. One is that English people think look down on American people, yeah. and the other that you know, which is completely ridiculous, or that Americans look up to English people, which is also e equally ridiculous. There's nothing in it. I'm kind of guilty um, on I that one. Excuse me, Spud. Yes. But I hope together. Bill here is not offended by your line of questioning. Your deep deep-seated feelings of insecurity and lack of self-esteem often cloud your worldview and at times make you an ugly American. But listen, don't include the rest of us in your inaccurate assumptions. Okay, okay, I get it. I mean, man, Bill is such a talented actor and a complete gentleman. I love his movies. Do you think he hates me now? I don't know. I, if he didn't think most Americans were dumb goobers, I may have now given him reason to rethink his gracious statements after this interview. Well, you know, the British have little tolerance for people like Spud Goodman. I think you would be described as a twit. Um, yeah, I need to turn this interview around and do a better job. Would you like me to jump in here and maybe add a little gravitas to the interview? Well, there you go again, using that gravitas word, so you think I'm a total lightweight here? Hey, I have interviewed congressmen, playwrights, doctors, and hey, I also converse with a psychic all the time on this show, too. Yeah, I don't know if your career defines the word gravitas, but I will stay out of your conversation with Bill if that's what you prefer. Just trying to help here. But I don't need your help, okay? So keep it down and let me finish this thing on an up note. Okay, uh, sorry about that, Bill. I'm back.
Okay. Well, say, when you were in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1, did you find the demands of playing the head of magic in the United Kingdom overwhelming? Did you spend a day or two with then Prime Minister, maybe Gordon Brown, in preparation for this role? Now, I tried Gordon Brown. He wasn't available. He was running the country. But I, uh, I, did, I did. It was overwhelming for four hours. And then you realize that you can't actually embody everyone's idea of the Minister of Magic. So you can only do what you can do. And that lets you off the hook a touch. So I just tried to do it as, you know, as attractively and as, as, as honestly as I could. All right. Um, well, you've, you've been very active over the years in theater, both in England and on Broadway uh, here. Uh, how tough is it to deliver the same lines over and over and over, like eight times a week? Well, the, the thing that's tough isn't the repetition. The thing that's tough is, is just doing places grueling in the extreme. It would kill most people. Most people will run screaming from the building. It's the edge of everything you're capable of. It's actually insane. But, but the fact of repeating the lines is not the thing that's insane. It's just the whole package is incredibly demanding and exhausting. I like the repetition. I'm an obsessive, so I dig it. I like the way you have to get it, say it over and over and over and try and get it better than last time. And, you know, my perfectionism comes into play, which is a, a curse, as everybody knows, but it's useful in the theater. So I love the fact that you have to go there every day. It's also the only time I really get a routine. And actors, you know, don't have a routine. So it's quite, when they do get one for short periods in the theater, it's kind of a relief. You have to go somewhere, you have to do the same, you know, that thing, and your day is built around that. And it's kind of refreshing. All right, super. So you, you, you never get tempted to just throw out a few fresh lines, just, just you know, just to keep it real. Right, okay, you answered that one. All right. My last question is, what has been your most memorable moment in the movie business to this point? My most memorable moment in the movie business was possibly driving up in a pickup truck at night on a Caribbean island and seeing three $10 million ships, galleons, parked out at sea, surrounded by rainboats, movie rainboats, which were lit by huge lighting balloons the size of airships, which cast a kind of green glow over all of the vessels and through which you saw the big fat rain, Caribbean rain, as it were, coming. And me driving up in a pickup truck about to play scenes on this enormous set. And I thought, I better be good because these people are serious. And that was Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. All right, super. God, you've been in some really cool movies, i got to say that. All right, well, um, I'd like to remind everyone once again that your new movie, Norm of the North, is now airing at theaters nationwide. I want to thank you so much for slumming it tonight and calling into our show. I mean, I really enjoyed speaking with you. I know I'm no Charlie Rose, but it wasn't that bad, was it? Come on, it was good. I'm going to tell Charlie. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Awesome. All right, then, Mr. Bill Nye. Honey, look at this. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Once again, Shotgun Kitchen. I've been looking for so long For someone to love and call my own now that I've found you, I'm gonna keep you Down in my basement I'll invite you to my house I'll build 
built a special room for you I'm gonna feed you with my spoon Down in my basement in my basement I wish I had a girl like you in my basement down in my basement I am king of spiders and human beings I'll get on my knees and pray at the altar I built for you today down in my basement Why can't people learn to love and give in to their desires? Why do they keep asking me for a look around? Down in my basement Down in my basement I wish I had a girl like you in my basement basement I am king of spiders and human beings I'm gonna bathe you with my sponge I'm, I'm gonna, gonna worship you with my tongue down in my basement someday I'll find someone new who needs me as much as you this time i know just how to treat her and this time i won't forget to feed her down in my It's Clip of the Week time, and it's been a while since we've aired uh, one of these. This one's titled Militia Palooza, and it deals with the ongoing militia convention now in progress uh, at the Federal Wildlife Refuge in Burns, Oregon. Evidently, this militia scene is a lot like community theaters around this country, as these guys really don't want any other competing militias to upstage them, you know, by stealing the spotlight. 
I guess there is an eye on, you know, on their team. I don't know. Who knows that those big and beefy guys dressed in cowboy hats and top-of-the-line North Face outfits would be so territorial? I, you know, I, and I don't really know what the proper response should be from the feds, but if I worked at that place, I would have called in a drone strike to get their fat butts off my desk. I mean, do these guys have jobs? I mean, who can take unlimited vacation leave to participate in a militia standoff? They all must be stay-at-home dads. Anyway, just roll it. Uh, patriots from all over the country to come and to be housed here and, and live here. And we're planning on staying here for several years. And while we're here, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be freeing these lands up and letting, getting the ranchers back to ranching, getting the miners back to mining, getting the loggers back to logging, and where they can do it under the protection of the people and not be afraid of this, this tyranny that's been upon them. And what will happen is Harney County will begin to thrive again. And uh, one time they were the wealthiest county in the state, now they're the poorest county. Yeah. If I wasn't such a nice guy, I'd take you downtown and throw you into jail! have a criminal record for the rest of your life. Would you like that? Uh, no, sir. I mean, no, officer. So basically, they've, uh, they're have they making a stand. It's not what the news telling one story or next. You're not getting the message that he's trying to put out. The stand they're trying to make is that they've taken over this wildlife nature reserve. It's basically just a nature reserve. And uh, they're going to offer free camping, free hunting, free fishing, and free... Can I have a chocolate chip cookie? No, you may not. I want you to learn that it is not right to sneak a snack. Now, do you promise me you won't try to sneak a snack again? Oh, I won't ever again, Mommy, try to sneak a snack. <clears throat> Homesteading for patriots, I guess. Something to that effect. It sounds very beautiful. Sausages, sausages, sausages. That's it, more flavors. Liver and bacon. Beef and cheese. And? Beef. And uh, we're calling people to come out here and stand. And it's really that simple. We have a place for you now. We have a place for you to come. We have a place for you to get to stay warm. We, will have, we have food uh, planned and prepared. Um, we need you to bring your arms. And we need you to come to the Mallier National Wildlife Refuge. You guys, uh, thank you. Uh, this is Blaine Cooper. I agree with what Adam said. And bring your arms and, you know, well, folks, this is um, where it gets tricky because, uh, you know, the United States is freedom to bear arms and such, but... Uh, no, officer! Yeah, all right. I'll let you go this time. But next time, you're going to jail. Ugh. There won't be a next time. I've learned my lesson, honest. Sausages, sausages. 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 This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Say, Spud, yeah. I, I hate to upset you right at the end of the program, but our producer is on the line and she wants uh, to speak listen, with you. What the hell does she want? You know she loves to hear herself on the air. She's our own Lauren Michaels, searching for any reason to get on the show. Uh, go ahead, Lori. You're on the air. Yeah, and you know, you know, this could wait until we're off the air in a few minutes. Your name's in the credits. That ought to be enough recognition for you. I'm calling in with the directive that you must immediately apologize to the militia movement in this country for your snarky remarks about them and that clip of the week. Since when do we worry about the feelings of vandals and trespassers? 
think about it. We're carried in a few rural stations in this country, and you have no idea how many potential militia members might be listening tonight. But we can't risk offending any demographic segments. You know I've made this very clear in the memos I've distributed. Yeah, I mentioned this to him, Lori. We really should avoid any possible conflict with our listeners. Really, dude? The, the audience is so splintered these days. Stations are fighting over a half a percent here and half a percent there. So we're in no position to drive anyone away by making taunting comments like calling them wannabe community theater actors. Well, they are a bunch of prima donnas. If I ever planned to take over a government facility, I wouldn't, I, I sure bring my own freaking snacks. And I also wouldn't put my feet up on some guy's desk where he has to spend like eight hours a day, five days a week of his life. And, the, you know, a man's this cubicle is his is, castle. It's just very rude to invade that space. This is a business, the radio business. Please immediately apologize right now, and hopefully it will repair the damage. Uh, apologize to those those militia dudes? I don't think so. Hey, I I, I think you're breaking up. Uh, yeah, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? All right, bye. I can hear bye. You oh, oh, you hung up on a spud. You shouldn't have done that. I've, I've been thinking about your suggestion about this thing, and I think I've come up with a topic that I could do my TED talk on. Um, I think I could fill 18 minutes, you know, with with this easy. Well, I don't think all TED Talks are a full 18 minutes. I mean, if you could communicate a well thought out presentation in less time, then it would be fine. So, but tell me, what you're, what are you considering? Well, I don't want to do something that others have already covered, like saving the planet or dealing with some new quantum physics theory that will change the course of mankind. That stuff's already been done. So, how about a lecture on how to most effectively binge watch TV? I may know more about this topic than any other living being on Earth. Well, that. Might might appeal to some, but remember, our goal here is to give the brand of Spud Goodman a bit of gravitas. There you go with that word again. I, I know, but it's, it's something that you know is lacking when one hears your name. Let's um. face it, you're not taken seriously as a radio professional, and a lot of that is on you, Spud. I mean, the topics you cover on your show tend to be... How should I say it? Rather shallow. Hey, I talked about climate change with Ed Begley Jr. tonight. Yeah. I even asked him a question about recycling plastic water bottles. Has Eleanor Mori, Mori Povich, you know, that dude, have they ever dealt with that on their show? Well, I'm not aware of whether TV talk show hosts like Ellen or Mori Povich are environmentally active. But, Spud, just asking a token question or two about pressing issues of the day will not change public perception that you are a less than gifted individual intellectually. I mean... Let's be frank, when people think of Spud Goodman, they often snicker. That well, is messed up, yo. Yeah, maybe. Remember, you're no longer on TV. You're now a radio personality. I know, but I'll take a snicker any day. They, you know, there are way worse reactions than snickers. Like when A-Rod comes to the plate in Yankee Road games. I mean, I know he would love to just get snickers. Or how about, you know, when that ex, you know, little ex-frat boy, pharma-punk, Martin Shkreli, or however you pronounce his name, yeah. you know, the guy who raised the price of, of that life-saving pill from 13 bucks to 7 when he shows his face in public, you know, I wouldn't look that bad compared to that dude. Well, maybe you should avoid measuring your place in society against bad people. Uh, try and reach higher on the scale of humanity, Spud. But I like to win. And hmm. Why would I go and compare myself against a guy who invented that Periscope app or, or the woman who saved a bunch of, of lives in Nepal after that earthquake? Those people are really impressive. They've done important things with their lives. As you say, I'm just a radio talk show host. Yeah. So for me to feel good about myself, I have to compare myself to those, I don't know, really, let's be honest. I got to compare myself to the douchebags of society. When I do that, I win. You know I like to win. 
because it sure as hell beats losing, all right? So let me end this show right now on an up note, okay? Well, sure, sure. If you aspire to only rise above the absolute worst of humanity, then I guess you do win that competition. Hey, a win's a win. All right, I'm Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions. Stay tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And with me, as always, is my trusted co-host, Gina. Gina, good to have you with us, as always. I'm happy to be here, Lawrence. Super. Uh, This is going to be a really good show tonight. I can feel it. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Oh, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. So, so let me ask you this: What, what makes you feel like it's going to be a good show tonight? You know, um, is this you got an inside track or something? Well, um, I may have broken the code and figured out how to finally get some music from the Insane Clown Posse on the oh. show. Yeah, so Spud has already left the studio, so we can talk freely about it now. I mean, how many times have you said it yourself? What is he thinking? Well, introducing the music he selects on the air for the show. Okay, so so let me get this straight. You talking about going rogue here, and we're gonna just play whatever we want, you know? Uh, I didn't know you were such a rebel there, Gina. You know, you always struck me as kind of passive and compliant and all. Well, you know, I generally don't prefer to rock the boat, but how long have I been a co-host on the Post Show Report and serve loyally as Spud's designated laugher each week, too? I mean, you would think that the guy would allow me the opportunity to play at least one song from time to time of one of the most important and influential bands in a generation. Super. um... I mean, ICP are true American icons. Oh, really? Really? I I hadn't thought of them kind of like that. Uh, Of course, working on the show, you would think that they're hacks. I mean, just cranking out a bunch of crap to keep keep the bill collectors away. I mean, Spud shows them no respect whatsoever. I mean, I gave him a couple of their earlier albums to maybe pique his interest, and he said he threw them in the garbage disposal by accident. Yeah, sure. I mean, I knew sure immediately was, after he said that that there was little chance it was by accident. So hmm. he's so biased against ICP, it's almost unconstitutional. Ooh, unconstitutional. Well, you know, come on, Gina. I don't know if really there's anything in the constitutional about in the constitution saying that like the same clown posse has got to be played on a radio show. I don't think <laughs> it's in the first or the second, the third well, uh, amendment, <laughs> or even in the fourth or the fifth okay. amendment. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Well, 
Are okay. you guys ever going to introduce me over here? Yeah, yeah, we're going to introduce you. But but first, first what? we got to announce no. our panel here tonight. Come on. We, okay, we got Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good evening, Gerald. Good. Gerald, I'm thinking the last hour. Well, you know, <laughs> good people evening, get, Lawrence. Well, people get me and Gerald mixed up yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you two look and, That's a good-looking so man. Like, uh, what, what can I say? We'll fix that in post. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's good now? to be. Well, we got an engineer, Mike. There, yeah, we're going to introduce Mike here. Hey, thanks for coming. We appreciate hey, um, having I you here, Mike. I appreciate love being here, as always. Oh, sweet. And, of course, you know, this show could not be possible without our production assistant, Trent. Hey, Lawrence. Frankly, your voice is much more soothing than Gerald's. Oh, I appreciate that. I like to, to bring the soothe. Oh, and, you know, of course, I got to mention, lastly, we got our college intern, Carrie, from Pierce College. Hey, Carrie, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I hope nobody's staging any, you know, those raids or panty raids and sororities and stuff. I, I know that's a problem on the campuses. So. Okay, okay, okay. Is it, now it's raves. <sighs> oh, it's raves for yep. raids. Oh, that's Jeez. good. That's good to know. Is, is it my time yet? You know, I would hope so, as I'm a much more important part of this show than a production assistant or a college intern. You know what? You would be absolutely wrong on that. Because we couldn't do the well, show without them. And, you know, as far as you go, this, you know, a monkey could really do your job, to be honest, Dave. <laughs> You know, pick up some snippets from Spud's show and say a word or two before then. You know, come on, man. Be real. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure my eight-month-old will soon be able to fill in your place. <laughs> That's real funny. So if you guys aren't going to show me the respect I'm due, then I guess I'll have to do it. So Super. As you guys will all be happy to hear, Derek will be here tonight to represent the other side, an alternative view to everyone else's socialist leanings. Hmm. Well, yep. I think you're going to be a little outnumbered here. I am a little outnumbered here, but you know what? I'm going to continue to stand strong, and if anybody listening is worried about it, don't. Well, you know what? We're going to just, let's go to some music here. Um, we're going to start off with some music. We're going to do a song from Doris Day, America's Sweetheart, back from the 50s and the 60s. It's titled, A Guy is a Guy, and after that, we have Northwest Grunge King still to this day. Mudhoney with Suck You Dry. All right, Dave, roll it. I walked down the street like a good girl should He followed me down the street like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be So listen and I'll tell you what this fella did to me I walked to my house like a good girl should He followed me to my house like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be so listen while I tell you what this fella did to me I never saw the boy before So nothing could be sillier At closer range his face was strange But his manner was familiar So I walked up the stairs like a good girl should He followed me up the stairs like I knew because a guy is a guy wherever he may be so listen and i'll tell you what this fella did to me i stepped to my door like a good girl should he stopped at my door like i knew he would because a guy is a guy wherever he may be so listen while I tell you what this fella did to me He asked me for a goodnight kiss I said it's still good day 
his lips got in the way. So I talked to my ma like a good girl should, and ma talked to pa like I knew she would, and they all agreed on the married life for me. The guy is my guy wherever. Goodman Post Show Report. All right, back in the studio here with us, we got Shotgun Kitchen. How you guys doing tonight? Great, Lawrence. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's cool. good to see you guys again. Nice all right, super. You. And now, now, of course, I've asked you this before, so last time I saw you guys, but I think I could ask you again because the lineup might have changed just a little bit. So, have any of you in here done any serious hard time in lockup? I mean, because I feel kind of a connection listening to the music and all. So, well, do drunk tanks count? Oh, because yeah. we're, right, we're shotgun kitchen and we're an alcoholic. What about marriage? Nice. 
Yeah, I was married for a couple of years. Does yeah. that count? Oh, that's hard time. That's the hardest time you can do in my book. Super, yeah. super. All right. So now, okay. Um, what exactly? Speaking of shotgun kitchen, what is a shotgun kitchen? I'm kind of wondering about that because I'm not a weapons guy much. Because you know, I did time for art forgery, so I don't really know much about guns, and I'm not really comfortable. So maybe you could tell me about that. No, no, it's not about guns. It's about kitchen music that'll blow your face off. All right, oh. super. That's. That's apropos, and you know, and very, very well described because yeah, yeah, you guys are doing it. All right, so uh, now here's a question: Does anybody in the band here own a drone? See, I gotta ask that because I got one from uh, from my uncle for Christmas, and I, you know, I, I fly it around the the over my house. Kind of makes me feel comfortable, kind of like my bunkmate Flipper did, you know, in the, in the Super. drone. Super. So, any of you guys have a dro- uh, drone? No, no. 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 Super. That's too no expensive for our taste. Oh yeah, can't do much in the kitchen with a drone either, can you? Yeah. So can I ask, um, how big of an influence is the Insane Clown Posse? Um, how how much have influence have they had on your band? Do, do Not mean, even a little bit. Do you mean the Republican uh, debate tonight, or? No, that's a clown car. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, hey, I think that's super. <laughs> Sorry about that, dude. Oh, actually, no, I'm not no, sorry. Not. I'm not sorry. Don't no, lie no, to no. me. I'm sorry, not sorry. That's right. So you guys are going to uh, go out with the last song. What's the name of the last song you're going to do for us? Carol's Bar. All right.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, there, Derek. Um, let, let's see you do what you do with the stuff from the show from before. Yeah, so uh, our first clip of the night comes from Ed Begley Jr. And in this clip, he's talking about how uh, they're going to be eliminating plastic water bottles from, like, national parks and stuff because they're worried about climate warming or whatever it is. Good for them. Nice. They, they prove of, so I'll keep doing it. All right, super. Well, you know, our national parks are beginning to ban plastic water bottles being sold within the parks. Do you see this as a doable? You know, given our current habits of consuming water on the go, will people die of dehydration with no access to water? Jeez, it sounds it could be serious. Uh, there was something that we had when I was a child, and apparently they still have them today. They're called water fountains. Water fountains. And you go to a water right. fountain, and you get a drink. Water fountain. And you have a, you have a metal water bottle, which I have right here. You can hear me thumping my little metal water bottle. Yeah. And I, I fill that up. They have things called hydration stations where it's very easy to fill it, that the bottle sits underneath it. If not, you can certainly fill it at one of those old-fashioned water fountains. And water uh, fountains. you're fully hydrated for your hike. And you, uh, you, know, you, can, uh, you can do it very cheaply, too. It's a, lot, it's a lot less money than bottled water. Bottled water is more expensive than gasoline. Again, it comes back to money. So that will this will not lead to millions of deaths then in our park system. That's that's good to know then. All right, super. All right. Exactly right. I like the fact that he provided his own sound effects. Oh, did he there yeah, with that, the, the clink clink clink? Clinking his fancy yeah, the, metal, uh, water bottle. metal bottle there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, being able to tap against it like that. He just has fully yeah. artists follow him everywhere. You know, I think you're probably dead on with that one, Gerald. Uh, I mean, Gina. Wow, you, you, nobody can. T- everybody's Gerald tonight. Everybody looks like Gerald. Tonight, you know, I've got some kind of a Gerald fixation or something. I don't know. I think did Gerald wink at you in the first hour? He might have winked at you, and now you're just feeling a little tingly here, Dave. Isn't that the truth? Uh, Whatever you say. Oh, yeah, I think that's the truth. Look at him. Can you see this twinkle in his eyes? I've got enough trouble already. Look at that, Gerald Mojo. No, Gerald might still be here. If he's here, somebody, somebody, let him know. Come, come see Dave. We'll do a PA announcement. Super. But but in the meantime, we'll do some more music here. Uh, We're going to lead off with a band that hailed from my neighbors neighbors to the north. This is uh, up in Canada, Lesbians on Ecstasy, and their tune is Pleasure Principle. Then after, after that, we have something from Merle Haggard, Working Man Blues. All right, let's do this. Ms. Pope, please report to the principal's office. Ms. Pope. To the principal's office. Don't you worry about a thing. 
You're safe here with me. This is my high school. And it's...
It's a big job getting by with nine kids and a wife. Yeah, but I've been a working man, dang near all my life. Long as my two hands are fit to use I drink my beer at a tavern And sing a little bit of these working man blues But I keep my nose on the grindstone Work hard every day Get tired on the weekend After I draw my pay But I go back working Come Monday morning I'm right back with the crew I drank a little beer that evening, sang a little bit of these working man blues. Sometimes I think about leaving, feel a little bumming around. Throw my bills out the window, catch me a train to another town, but I go back working. I got to buy my kids a brand new pair of shoes. I drank my beer at a tavern and cry a little bit of these working man blues. Here come a working man. for more of the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hey, you guys, listen here. I want, I want to run something by you guys now that we have a second here. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and even this, you, Derek, you can this jump was, in. This was my time. Well, you know, I'm going to take this time right now because I, I have a serious issue that I Fair want to discuss. Fair and balanced. What's going on? Well, I got to tell you, do you guys think I'm soft? I mean, not, not, not like an effeminate soft, but, you know, not like what most people would think of when you think of a guy who did lockup time, you know, might be like, because my next door neighbor, he says I'm a fake. He's telling what? people that I never did time at Pelican Bay back in, down in Cali. Rude. Yeah, yeah. He said I remind him of Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. But, you know, I, I, used, I did used to like that show. But, but I'm nothing like Richie Cunningham. 
I was raised so why do you think he's challenging you and your masculinity? I mean, he must have a reason. Yeah, I mean, did you try and shank him and it went wrong or something? No, 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 no. He said he saw me with a tank top on the other day and he yelled at me about not having any tattoos. He said, uh, hey, there's no way I was in prison if I didn't have any ink on me. And I yelled back at him. I said, you know, I did. I did have ink on me, but uh, he would have to go to a private place to see my ink. And All right, super. I thought maybe if I said that, that he would back off. But he actually yelled back to come on over and show him. And now I'm in a bind on this. Because you don't feel comfortable showing him your tattoos in your private region? I mean, I get it. I, I mean... I don't like to tell people this, but I only show my tattoo of a gerbil when I feel really comfortable with a woman. Mm. I mean, so yeah, I kind of regret getting that one, but I mean, the guy did it for free, so I couldn't say no. Well, you know, look, I could have gotten my whole body done for free because when I was in the joint, because, you know, there were 10 guys in there that that were really, really good with an ink pen and stuff like that, but I just don't really like defacing my body. Uh, That doesn't make me soft like Richie Cunningham or anything like that. It's just some of us don't advertise that we're tough guys. You know, looks, they can be deceiving and all, you know. Lawrence, you may not look scary, but you are no Richie Cunningham. I mean, like, maybe Potsy. I mean, especially when you wear that pink plaid do-rag. Potsy. Hey, the pink do-rag, I am a supporter of the Susan B. Komen Foundation. Just don't. Super. Lawrence, don't let your neighbor get into your head. You don't have to prove to anybody that you're some tough guy. Well, you know, I always thought I was pretty tough. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need a, a makeover or something. There. You know, I, I'll, I'll maybe I'll Google some new looks when I get home. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Anyway, so we're gonna do some more music now. Uh, that's confession time. There. Uh, first up, we've got a band from Austin, Texas, The Ugly Beats, and their song "I'll Close My Eyes." And following that, we have Big Daddy Kane with his tune "Young, Black, and Gifted." All right, Dave, hit play.
Off the mic that I'm choking. Cause I got a stranglehold. You're still cold off a roll for the road you stole. Rhymes that you yell out, but you did sell out. Crossed over, lost over here, and I get the hell out. I'm not a pop star, rock and roller. I'm a rebel, blessed. Able to hold a mic like a hammer. And drop grammar, treat a rapper like a wrestler. And body slam them. Those who dispute get treated just like a prostitute. They get the boot and played like a flute, so just play mute. Don't even whisper. Open your mouth to speak and I'm a dish of ragtag and dog Put you in the morgue because you're petty, confetti and not ready to rock steady In other words, you're half-stepping, tiptoeing, get going Because my weapon is not a nine, a newsy or a shotgun But when it come to hype rhymes, I got one Just like the album is still the same Long live the cane, ain't a damn thing changed I still get ill and kill at will and build the skill to fill your grill So don't tell me you're real We sample beats your sue and try to fight us Man, you still be home with arthritis If we didn't revive and bring back alive Old beats that we appreciated You wouldn't survive You'd be another memory to us Ashes to ashes and dust to dust So understand the way that I live That's positive And the message I got to give Is a benefit for you and me I'm talking about P-E-A-C-E The chosen one that has turned the new leaf I got gold teeth And they don't chew beef No pork on my fork Strictly fish on my dish They came for a victim Sucker you wish I flow like water Slaughter Put you out of order Florida. Rappers are ragging and tagging and snagging and bragging to be on the bandwagon But I'm the last dragon with the knack to attract the pack So just get back, I'm young, gifted, and black, black. The evil genius Green Lantern This is the Sped Goodman Post Show Report All right, so it looks like we're going to do maybe another highlight there. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about this one, actually, and I think you guys will be, too. So it was either this or the uh, Out of This World segment that Spud had in the first one. Oh. I chose this because I felt like this issue needed to be brought to its attention. Um, you guys have probably heard it, the militia that took over the oh. building in I Oregon. Know. I was getting nervous. Those yeah. guys, the numbers are dwindling, and they need support. And I thought I would use my position on this show as the highlight guy to you know, rally the troops, so to speak, and, you know, get <laughs> people out there to support them. So uh, roll the clip. Yeah. Uh, patriots from all over the country to come and to be housed here and, and live here. And we're planning on staying here for several years. And while we're here, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be freeing these lands up and letting, getting the ranchers back to ranching, getting the miners back to mining, getting the loggers back to logging, and where they can do it under the protection of the people and not be afraid of this, this tyranny that's been up on them. And what will happen is Harney County will begin to thrive again. And uh, one time they were the wealthiest county in the state, now they're the poorest county. Yeah. Well, I wasn't such a nice guy. I'd take you downtown and throw you into jail! You'd have a criminal record for the rest of your life. Would you like that? Uh, no, sir. I mean, no, officer. So basically, they've uh, they're making a stand. 
It's not what the news telling one story or next. You're not getting the message that he's trying to put out. The stand they're trying to make is that they've taken over this wildlife nature reserve. It's basically just a nature reserve. And uh, they're going to offer free camping, free hunting, free fishing, and free... Can I have a chocolate chip cookie? No, you may not. I want you to learn that it is not right to sneak a snack. Now, do you promise me you won't try to sneak a snack again? Oh, I won't ever again, Mommy, try to sneak a snack. <laughs> Homesteading for patriots, I guess. Something to that effect. It sounds very beautiful. Sausages, sausages, sausages. That's it! More flavors! Liver and bacon. Beef and cheese. And? Beef. And uh, we're calling people to come out here and stand. And it's really that simple. We have a place for you now. We have a place for you to come. We have a place for you to be, get to stay warm. We will have we have food uh, planned and prepared. Uh, we need you to bring your arms, and we need you to come to the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. You guys, uh, thank you. So this is Blaine Cooper. I agree with what Adam said. And bring your arms, and you, you know, you guys have bullies. Well, folks, this is um, where it gets tricky because, uh, you know, the United States is freedom to bear arms and such, but... Uh, no, officer! Yeah, all right. I'll let you go this time, but next time, you're going to jail. Uh, there won't be a next time. I've learned my lesson, honest. Snossages, snossages, snossages. Snossages, 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 snossages. So yeah, hopefully, you know, this clip, you know, goes out there and people hear it and, you know, they start heading that way because uh, they need our support, guys. Yeah, well, you know what? If they want me to send snossages, I'm not sending them because you know how I feel about my snossages. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if you were like holed up in a place and you were fighting for your cause and you okay. didn't have your snossages? Okay. I, if I, I heard you can actually send people a big box of crap. Like just you can pick elephant poop, dog poop, whatever. Oh, you mean dookie? Yeah. Why would you do that? Oh, are you talking about so they can like farm their own supplies on the, on the land and stuff? Like no, grow, Derek, grow because crops? that's what they are, a big box of crap. So, Derek, I don't that's know. That's not very you, nice. You're growing that beard kind of in that, you know, uh, uh, duck, duck hunters dynasty thing. That you might fit in up there with those. Super. You yeah. know, I've, I've toyed, I've toyed with the camo. idea like of going down there. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to give up this post because I feel like I can do more here, like getting people to go there. Oh, no, no, we from said here. go. go. Yeah, why don't you take Definitely. a trip you guys, up there? You, you guys know? think so? Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess one of we'll have to find somebody um, to, to pick out little bits from the first It'll be really hour. tough. I, I mean, That's I can, I can train Trent for a couple weeks, mm. but like but, it'll, t it'll take some intense training. I think he can you know, kind I'll, of handle it. If you pass it. a hat, I will pitch in uh, so that we can get you a bus to go up there. I'm right. not paying for a plane. You can take a bus. I could probably do the clips. Yeah, yeah, Dan could do the clips. Coming up next, here is another clip from the first hour of the Spud Goodman Show. Ooh, that this one really features oh. whoever it features. I mean, That's exciting. I mean, that, yeah, I know. Let's give it a try. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I, I could still give you some pointers and stuff because, you know, it's a little more finesse than that. I but, hear the militia you know. calling you. I can hear them right now in the distance here. So, you know, okay, let's do some more music. How about that? We're gonna do a. Uh, we're gonna start this off with a musician who, who, who also happens to reside in also Austin, Texas. John Wesley Coleman the third, and after that we have the newly elected Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Cheap Trick 
with I Can't Take It. All right, let's go.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, that was Cheap Trick with I Can't Take It, but we led off that set with John Wesley Coleman III's song, The Love That You Own. Very nicely done. Thank thank you, Derek. Yeah, so uh, coming up, we've got our final guest highlight. Uh, It comes from the Bill Nye interview, not the science guy, but the British actor talking about uh, average Americans and manners. Hmm. It was a solo endeavor. All right, super. Well, well, Bill, as an English citizen, what's your take on the average American? Do we all seem like rude, illiterate goobers to most people in the UK and Europe? No. Nah, come on now. Come on. That's, what's the average American? There's no such thing any more than an average Englishman. And, uh, there's no, uh, and, you know, there are no borders when it comes to intellect, humanity, or wit. All right. Well, that, that's being very kind. Well, Jeremy Bullock, who lives outside of London, told me off the record a few months ago that we sort of do need, though, to work on our manners. I don't know if he meant table manners or the whole darn package. You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, we got to brush up. We're not, we're not the most polished. I, mean, can I, I guess I could say that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, manners are kind of as important as anything else in the wide world. And it's when people run out of them that trouble starts. And I think they're a major skill. And I think people without them are at a serious disadvantage. Not not on behalf of the people around them, but just for themselves. Because it leaves us adrift and at sea. They are an expression of humanity. Wow, I like that. That was, that was, that was and deep. They're, and they're funky. And they're elegant and funky. <laughs> now, I hope you didn't mean funky by, by smell. I think a lot of Americans smell good, in my opinion. Well, at least the ones I didn't do time with. I think I yeah. smell all right. Yeah, you smell you know, de- okay, decent. You, you don't have the best smell I've ever smelled, but you know I, it's passable. That's all right. Yeah, all right, that's what I would say. You know, all right. You know, let, let's do let's do this here. Um, we're gonna do just a little bit more music here. We're gonna do a, a mashup. This is gonna be Leonard Cohen versus Led Zeppelin, titled "Tangerine Kisses." And then we have a band from Vancouver, B.C. This is Japanese Girls and their song, Smalls. All right, stop this up. Don't matter if the road is long. Don't matter if it's steep. Don't matter if the moon is gone and the darkness is complete. Don't matter if we lose our way, it's written that we'll meet. That's what I heard you say A thousand kisses deep
Looks like we're about to wrap it up here. So um, do you uh, have any parting comments for the show tonight, Gina? Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit bummed that we didn't even try to slip in an insane clown posse song. I, I'm not saying that you're afraid to um, rock the boat well, here. I, I tell but... you what, why don't we uh, just do this next week for sure, okay? You know, I used to be a rebel rouser myself. You know, I did two and a half days in isolation. Did you know that? No. Yeah, for smuggling milk cartons back in there, back in my cell here wow. after dinner one time. Yeah, you know, just kind of, they found it. They turned my cell, and yeah, I was under my mattress. And uh, it helped me, it just helps me get to sleep, you know. You know what? Maybe your neighbor had a point about you. I mean, having a warm milk before lights out in the joint. <laughs> what? Did you also have a moisturizer before bedtime, too? Yeah, hey, look, I always prided myself on my complexions. I like to keep high. Super. You do have a very nice skin texture. I myself can't seem to remember to do that these days with the baby. So I'm lucky to be able to get in the shower every other day now. Well, Lawrence, if you ever do want to get tatted up, I mean, I can get you a great deal. Okay. If I do someday, I'm going to take you up on that. But maybe I have to try a little henna first to start out. Um, I might want to see your guy, Derek. I, I really want oh, yeah? a new ICP tattoo of the last album, oh, uh, The Marvelous Missing Link Found. Ooh, that's a lot of words you're trying to pack into that. Are you going to put on your ankle? You, your uh, yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'll think about it. Uh, I'll be calling you, Derek. Yeah, uh, no problem. I mean, I get a commission of what business I bring to the guy. Uh, he lives with his mom and works you, out of their you know rec what? room. You know what? Sorry, Derek, but I got to thank well, the panel here. We got Dave on the soundboard. Okay. Good night. Good night, Dave. And then Mike. How you, Mike? Good night. Good night, Mike, and and of course, Trent. Good night. Good night, Trent, and Carrie. Thank you for all you do. Oh, you're welcome. Night. All right, so we're going to see you guys next week. You guys all have a good evening. Good night, everyone. Derek out. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>